This is Monday Morning Preacher, a podcast for those who want to learn the craft of preaching. I'm Matt Woodley, editor of PreachingToday.com, and I've been a preacher for over a quarter of a century. That's 25 years. Well, thanks for working out the math for us on that, Matt. (laughs) That was my scintillating and I think very sarcastic guest host, Kevin Miller. (laughs) Well, hey, you can try to fire me, but the people demand I be here to keep you in check. They would beat down the doors and drag (laughs) me away. This episode of Monday Morning Preacher is brought to you by ctpastors.com, the new home for pastors at Christianity Today. CT Pastors is for working pastors, by working pastors, to equip you for church ministry. Join for free today at ctpastors.com. So uh, about preaching, I mentioned that fact that I've been preaching about 25 years because I'm still learning lots of new stuff about the amazing craft and calling of preaching. Yeah, me too. For instance, I was rereading a sermon of mine from 12 years ago, mm-hmm. and it was based on Mark 8, 34 to 38, you know, where Jesus says, take up your cross, follow me. And my outline went like this. Point number one, Jesus confronts the myth of comfort. Point number two, Jesus confronts the myth of safety. Point number three, Jesus confronts the myth of control. Conclusion, come to Jesus for true joy. Are you looking for feedback on that outline? No. Okay. I did. A, we did a podcast on feedback, but that's for other preachers, not for me. <laughs> okay. Actually, yes, that's why I brought it up, because I don't like it. So what's wrong with it, Kevin? Well, I do like how clear it is. That's awesome. One point for clarity. Yes. It, it does feel a little bit like the Jesus part of the outline gets tacked on at the end. So maybe something simpler, since you're essentially offering a problem-solution dynamic. Maybe uh, point one is our problem. Point two is Jesus's solution. Uh, so point one, we have these myths that make us feel good, but ultimately they cause us to lose what's most important. Yeah. And the solution, point two, is you follow Jesus and gain what's most important. Where were you 12 years ago when I really needed you? Where was I? I was working here at Christianity Today, laboring in obscurity. That's right. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about the fine art of outlining your sermon. There's a few basic things about outlines, just sort of fundamental things. First of all, any outline is almost always better than no outline, (laughs) right? I mean, I have heard sermons that had absolutely no structure. It is like a human body without bones. It's a bad mental image. So get the a structure, okay? (laughs) Second, keep that structure as simple as possible, given your text and your big idea. That's your goal. I've heard outlines with three points. And then they had like three sub points. And then in the conclusion, the preacher tried to smuggle in another point. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, ah, way too complicated. (laughs) So keep thy structure simple. There you go with the King James English again. Yes. Uh, Well, my Lord, can you give an example (laughs) of a simple structure that you've used? Yeah. So uh, Emmaus Road, I was preaching on the Emmaus Road. It's a really complex text. Yeah. There's so much going on in there. And you could really go a number of different directions and be faithful to the text. But I focused in on the three words that those two travelers on the road said, we had hoped he would be the one who would redeem Israel. So I focused on specifically those three words, we had hoped. So I talked about how we all have broken dreams. Mm. And my big idea was Jesus offers good news for those with shattered dreams. And my outline was simply two questions. What is this amazing good news? And then who is it for? And in that who is it for, I, I focused in on it's really for ordinary people like these guys on the road to Emmaus. It probably wasn't the most amazing outline ever, but I liked it for the simplicity 
given the text and the big idea. Yeah. One thing I would add about outlines is that they need some tension. Haddon Robinson used to say that when the tension's gone, the sermon's gone. Ah, excellent. I love that. And our man, Tim Keller, he said, in your sermons, you must build some suspense that creates an eagerness to hear what is coming next and a sense of traveling to a destination. This sounds to me, I'm I'm guessing here, that you are subtly segueing us into a sermon clip from Tim Keller. We have a clip from Keller, man. You are easy to read. No poker face. So straight from PreachingToday.com archives, here's a sermon he gave on the book of Esther. This sermon actually focused on the villain of the story, Haman. Notice what he does to set up his outline. Haman uh, is the most uh, vivid and sustained case study in the Bible of everything the Bible says about pride and humility and what happens uh, to people who let pride rage unchecked. Uh, and it, therefore, it's, uh, it's very vivid. It, it, is, uh, it illustrates so many other places the Bible speaks about pride and humility. We're going to learn a lot. But I, I don't want you to think this is hype when I say, I really want you to listen because it might save the rest of your life. Not kidding. There's three things we learn here. First of all, the character of pride, what it is, the deadliness of pride, what it does, and the cure for it. The character of it, the deadliness of it, the cure for it. Okay, now not every preacher has to do outlines like Keller, but it's like, what part of that outline don't you understand? It's so clear, the character of pride, the deadliness of pride, the cure for pride. It's super simple, it's memorable, it's definitely based on the text. One thing I really loved is the way he builds his second point, the deadliness of pride. I mean, he takes the standard problem-solution structure, and he makes it way more interesting by adding a middle section where he goes problem-complication-solution. That adds tension. In his preaching book, he offers a little outline that goes something like this. The intro, what the problem is, what the Bible says about this problem, here's what we must do, and then... What prevents us from doing this? And then he applies that to the human heart. So that's his basic structure that he does almost every sermon. I came up with a a, a simple way to remember that structure that I call hook, book, stuck, crux, meaning how Christ and the cross is the solution for how we get stuck. And he he uses this a lot. That's a great uh, simplified version of that, really clear. Have you tried using this outline in a sermon? You know— I didn't know that I was using your little four-word thing there, which is really brilliant. I really like that a lot. It simplifies it even more. But I actually, I have. So I was preaching on John chapter 20, Doubting Thomas, just a, a few weeks ago. And my big idea was Jesus welcomes and transforms the doubter. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, my outline went like this. We all struggle with doubt. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. And I said, not only Christians, but non-Christians struggle with doubt. And Thomas is a case study of that. And then my second point was Jesus advocates for the doubters. And then Jesus challenges the doubters. And then there was a pastoral appeal to the doubters based on how Jesus treats the doubter in that text. And so that was my basic, simple outline. Well, that, that sounds like a great use of it. You know, one of the things that Tim's outline is very good for is confronting the idols of the human heart. And so I think in your sermon, you were really sort of confronting the human idol of certainty. I must have certainty or I will not risk anything. Mm. I will not trust. And so that's really good. One of the things that I'm realizing about outlines is it really helps to know which one to use for which text and which situation. So if I've got a text that really confronts the idols of the human heart, 
hook book stuck crux. That's a perfect one to use, the Keller thing. On the other hand, let's say my text leads me that I want to talk about a common everyday life problem and just connect relationally with my people. Then I'm going to use Andy Stanley's classic outline of me, you, God, you, we. Because what that does, and I won't go into all of it right now, is it builds an immediate and relational connection with the listener and it sends them out inspired. It's a great way to talk about everyday life problems. So different outlines for different purposes. I think you should just break that down real quick. Okay. Because that's really brilliant, too. In Stanley's outline, uh, the me means I share where I struggle with this everyday Mm -hmm. life problem. The you then, you go, well, maybe you have too, and you give some examples of how other people may be struggling with it. The God is obviously where you look in the scripture for God's wisdom on this. The you says, here's what it could look like in your life if you applied God's wisdom. And the we, you conclude on an upbeat note. You say, imagine if every one of us took to heart this wisdom from God and applied it to, say, how we deal with our anger. Wouldn't our families be healthier? Wouldn't our our schools have fewer conflicts, our churches, our homeowners associations? And it sends you out on on a kind of an upbeat note. Yeah, that's great. Now, I suppose if you did that every single week, fifty time, fifty two times of the year, people might get a little bored with it. But but it is really brilliant and simple. Oh, so let's say you got an Old Testament text that requires some time and explanation. What would you What would you do with that? For that, I'd probably use the Joel Gregory uh, outline approach, where you go then, now, then, now, then, now, three or four times throughout the message, because that way I can explain the then, because the mm. Old Testament yes. world is quite a bit distant from our own. But if I just do that for 15 or 20 minutes, I'm going to lose my listeners, perhaps. So if I go then, now, then, now, then, now, it gives them enough energy and connection to their lives to keep with me until I've had a chance to fully explicate that Old Testament text. Yeah, that's great. Well, let me give uh, one final word to preachers out there about sermon outlines, and that is simply immerse yourself in the text and immerse yourself in prayer. I mean, I can't say that enough. You don't have to come and read the text and immediately get an outline. Most preachers do not. But just keep reading the text, keep talking to the Lord about it, and then I believe after that time, some kind of simple outline will come. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be the only way to do it, but it could be one way to do it. I was looking at a sermon on our site from Harry S. Wright, and he was preaching on Psalm 37. Uh, go read it. It's a great sermon. It's beautifully written. It's written by him as an, as an older man. And you can tell this guy has spent time just meditating on the text, reading the text, uh, praying to the Lord about it, and he came up with this two-point outline. Here it is. God's plea, which is don't fret. And then the second point is God's promise, he won't forsake us. So that's it. You know, God's plea, God's promise. And you could tell that Dr. Wright had just wrestled with that text, prayed about it, integrated it into his life, and he just came up with that very simple outline. So preachers, find some kind of structure for your text that is as simple as possible given your big idea and the text that you're preaching on. Again, this is Matt Woodley with PreachingToday.com on Monday Morning Preacher. Good to have you listening with us. Check out Christianity Today's other podcast, The Calling, an interview show about the nature of church leadership and all the joys and struggles that come with that calling. Each episode features one Christian leader, one calling, and one honest conversation.